0: Let's talk menopause because uh, menopause and the impact of it haven't really been part of the mainstream conversation until quite recently. Around 70% of women experience moderate or severe symptoms during perimenopause and menopause when fluctuating hormones can impact their physical and mental health for an average of five to seven years. But no publicly funded awareness campaign exists. My next guest decided to go ahead and do it off her own bat. Wellingtonian Sarah Connor suffered terrible menopause symptoms a few years ago and it took her months to find the right information, support and solutions. She founded the grassroots movement Menopause menopause Over Martinis and has since facilitated conversations about menopause all over New Zealand, in her community and on social media. Now Sarah and Wellington brand strategist and creative Helen Milner, have teamed up and created six outdoor ads on 40 screens in 26 shopping centres around the country and on e-bike lock and charge stations in 10 towns and cities. She's also managed to get menopause questions included in pub quizzes. Sarah's with me in the Wellington studio. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning, Maldana. Uh First of all, let's talk a little bit about the ads.
1: Yes. Um, where are people likely to see them and, and tell us a bit about them? Sure. So uh, they are throughout the country, uh, and they are on Locky Docks, which are the bike stands and locking stations for e-bikes and oh. scooters in 10 towns across the country. And that is through Big Street Bikers, who manage the Locky Dock network. And then there are also, the six ads are also in on, in, on 40 screens in 26 shopping centres in nine towns across the country. And that's through uh, O-Media, which is another outdoor you, um, media company.
0: Are you able to give us a bit of a flavour of of what sort of things they're saying,
1: or, or yeah, pointing sure. people towards? Yeah, sure. So it's quite hard actually to choose to get mm. down to only six six things, uh, because obviously there are many many layers to menopause and many things that uh, Helen and I would have liked to have said, uh, but we got it down to six things. The first one is just being that menopause is a normal stage of life. It's inevitable. It's temporary. It's uh, something that every woman, some non-binary and trans men, are going to go through. So it needs to be normalised uh, as that. Uh, perimenopause is like puberty in reverse this is something that really resonated for me when I started reading up about menopause that all the stuff that we know goes on through puberty because we've experienced ourselves or we're parenting teens who are going through it it makes total sense that it's, it's the opposite of that or the reverse of that another one is just that menopause affects everyone differently there's no single way to go through menopause in the same way that people go through puberty or pregnancy differently so just because one person goes through it in one way doesn't mean somebody else will Uh, menopause is more than hot flushes and period stopping (laughs) Uh, the word menopause itself literally from the Greek word means period stopping but it's so many more things than that there are something like 30 to 40 different symptoms or changes or experiences people can go through uh, during this time so we wanted to talk about that uh, it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be cognitive there are all these changes Uh, It's something to understand and respect, so it's not something to ignore or dismiss or for people to feel fearful or ashamed or embarrassed by. Mm. Uh, It's something that we all need information about and we all need to respect it for what it is and not to make um, bad jokes and derogatory comments about and the final um, message was, is that metaphors is an end and a beginning to celebrate. Mm. So, yes, it's the end of some things in our lives. You know, it's a reproductive system which is winding down, but it's also the beginning of a whole new chapter in our lives, which is, I think, super exciting and people should look forward to as opposed to dread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you pull this off, though? How did you... Um get to the stage where you have got all of these um, adverts and messages out on, on on adverts and bike locks?
1: Yeah, so uh, World Metaphors Day last year, Helen and I collaborated to turn uh, a couple of tea towel designs that she had designed for me into ads, and we went to Big Street Bikers, who operate the Locky Docs Network, and they turn we turned them into digital ads then. And then I thought, okay, this year we need to ramp things up a little bit. So we came up with these six messages. I went back to Big Street Bikers and said, hey, are you up for this? Their papa were very much aligns with mine, which is, you know, healthy people on healthy streets. This is what this campaign is about. And then uh, I also connected with o Media, and they uh, supported me to get the ads up into the uh, shopping centres across the country.
0: Tell me a little bit about your experience going through, well, perimenopause and menopause.
1: Yeah, so I was 46. This was in 2019. I'm 51 now. I was 46. I was fit and happy and healthy. Uh, everything was going pretty well. And then suddenly I just had a pile of symptoms that I couldn't make sense of really and over a few months I just experienced all sorts of things that really impacted my health and well-being, and my ability to work and ability to look after my family and pretty much function well for about three months and uh, that really was quite a worrying and confusing time to not have the information I needed to take a long time seeing being referred to a lot of different people to get some kind of expertise about it it took a long time to get the support I needed and at the end of that time when I did find a menopause clinic and did get the specialist care that I needed I realized that this was something that everyone needed to know about and I didn't want another single person to go through the same thing as I had yeah
0: it's kind of extraordinary isn't it because you know people do have some of those I mean they're very real things like hot flushes but also they're slightly stereotypical of the sorts of things that that people will face going through menopause but like you say 30 to 40 different symptoms yeah and if you are presenting potentially with ones that are not those kind of off-the-shelf ones that you would classically think of. Yeah. Um, Just tell us a little bit about how that is when you're trying to make sense of your world and you can't.
1: Yeah, it's really challenging Uh, and really quite frightening at times. So I started with uh, having really low blood pressure and feeling really hot driving home one day and yeah, I thought I was, my vision started to blur and I thought I was, you know, actually going to faint, uh, which was really frightening. Mm. Uh, but then it led to anxiety that came out of nowhere, uh, insomnia. So sleep disturbances, not being able to go to sleep at night and not being able to go back to sleep if I woke up. You know, odd sensations like ants crawling under my skin, kind of, you know, across my arms, up the back of my neck. It's actually got, got a proper word called formication. That's M for menopause in the middle. Uh, I was really tearful. I had nausea. I lost my appetite. I mean, all these things... If you look at them in isolation, you might just think, oh, that's just one or two things when you add them all up and join the dots. Mm. And someone says this is a result of a whole lot of fluctuating hormones going up and down like a seesaw from morning to night from day to day. It suddenly makes sense and you feel an enormous sense of relief that you're not going crazy uh, and that it's going to pass uh, if you and if you get the right support at the right time from the right people.
0: Mm. Yeah. No publicly funded awareness campaign.
1: That mm. seems amazing. It is amazing, um, but I guess it's not amazing in the sense that we haven't really been talking about menopause until the last few years. hasn't really been on the radar. Mm. And so something needs to be on the radar and be on, on an agenda uh, to attract the right funding to get the right uh, campaign to be rolled out. So, you know, I've grown up seeing... Posters on GP practice notice boards, for example, about everything from strokes and what to do if um, someone's choking or make sure I get my mammogram or have I had my cervical smear or hepatitis C, you know, Mm. all these things that, yes, of course, they affect all kinds of people. But in New Zealand, we have 363,000 women, according to the last census, who are aged 45 to 55, which is the typical age that someone would reach menopause. So menopause being, for most people, the day when they haven't had a period for 12 months in a row.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was sort of intrigued when I read, mm. um, you know, it's that idea that you think of menopause as being a long thing, but actually menopause is one day. One day. Yeah. You're yeah. either peri or you're
1: post. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then there are people who obviously have, who don't get periods because of things like marinas or they have had a strict meets and mm. they don't have uterus, things like that. But for most people, you need to have gone a year without a period mm. for that time. Yeah.
0: And it can be a very long time, Equating it to puberty in reverse is, is quite a good one, really, because yeah, well, partly, <laughs> partly because it feels like that. But also yeah. also that length of time, that it's not just a year, it's not just, you know, a few months, I suppose, for some women
1: it can be. But for a lot of people, it's a long slog. It is, it is. And one of the messages, if I'd had the opportunity to have more and more messages on these <laughs> yeah. ads, uh, one, of them, one of them would have been, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I naively thought that sometime in my late 50s or 60s, my periods would just stop, like I'd just miss one. And then they just wouldn't come back, mm. and maybe I'd get a bit hot. That was really all I kind of thought. I just yeah. I didn't learn about it at school. Um, I didn't have conversations with friends and family about it until I needed to. Mm. And it's yeah, it's not. There's no proactive information coming to me from my GP, for example, that like I get for uh, cervical smears or mammograms or other things that we need to be aware of. There's no proactive communication mm. around this stage of life, which I think needs to change.
0: Mm. Um, you've done an awful lot of corporate work since you uh, founded menopause over martinis Um, what sort of understanding do you encounter when you go into that that more corporate space and uh, you know and what I suppose HR professionals and and that kind of thing and managers make of it
1: it's it's really mixed Um, Mm. the level of awareness is really mixed I would say generally it's quite low unless somebody's actually been through perimenopause or menopause themselves or knowing someone who has Uh, I hear from a lot of men who understand it simply because their partner or their wife has been through that experience themselves but that's obviously not the case for anyone under a certain age and so yeah it's really mixed from someone really not knowing what menopause is uh, through to someone uh, knowing quite a lot but still wanting to know how to navigate that in a workplace how do you actually support somebody who might be in your team, or you might work alongside. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really it's really mixed.
0: Um, something that came up a little bit in the election campaign—it was in that last debate where both Christopher Luxon and Chris mm. Hipkins were asked what did they think about menopause <laughs> leave. What do you think about menopause leave?
1: Well, I have—I uh, mean, I think it's a good idea for people who need it. I would say at the same time that we need many, many more things in place before we get to the place of menopause leave. I think we need um, much better awareness, generally, across everybody who's working in an organisation, whether it's a corporate organisation or a government agency or a small business, uh, basically everyone in the country, uh, in a community. I think we need better resources to be available. So I do want uh, people to know which books to read, which websites to go to, where to go to for credible information. Uh, And I think we need flexibility in workplaces, and it's a really unpredictable time. It can be if people don't have the right support, so we need to be flexible in, in workplaces mm. uh, so that people can actually continue to work. Most of us don't just want to step back from the jobs that we love, the incomes we earn, the things, that, all the things that uh, are good for us about being mm. in the world. So y- yes, menopause leave <laughs> uh, would be really useful mm. for many people, but I would love to see more investment of time. It doesn't take a lot of time and a whole lot of money, but we need to make some effort to actually understand what it is And then know how to support people. Mm. Is
0: there also a danger that something like menopause leave, if it was brought in, could potentially disadvantage women of a certain age in the workplace? Because in the same way as some women who are younger are seen as being potentially, um, you know, women who might go away and and have children and then would have to be replaced and that kind of thing Um, while they're on parental leave, that then if you were potentially going to be uh, Mm. taking on someone who had menopause leave, is that something that could actually lead to a a disadvantaging?
1: Uh, I think it would if we didn't increase the awareness and the education of people. I think it's the lack of awareness and lack of education that leads people to have those um, short-term thoughts. Uh, I think that if everyone was aware of it and understood that there were many things that people could do to support each other, then I I don't think that would be an issue. Um,
0: How do people respond to the work that you do around menopause.
1: Um, sometimes, with <laughs> sometimes they blush. Uh, sometimes they are just really, mostly really curious about it. Um, usually, really impressed and kind of grateful. I would say they're the overwhelming responses. that just, you know, people will say to me, "Just thank you for saying the word out loud." Uh, you know, it's often it's been a word that's been said in a whisper or not at all. You know, There's just it's been so taboo for so long uh, for people to feel seen and heard and to know that they're not the only ones going through this stage of life um, makes people feel, yeah, really, really grateful. Mm. So from your perspective, um, finding
0: the right sort of support, the right kind of um, medical intervention as well. Just talk us a little bit through that because certainly, um, you know, I've
1: encountered doctors who don't seem to
0: know very much about
1: menopause? So it is quite hit and miss Mm. as you suggest uh, at the moment. I'm pleased to report that our current med students medical school students are learning about menopause from the beginning. That isn't the case.
0: Just hang on a minute I mean, that sort of (laughs) seems like an amazing thing when it's something that Mm. every half of the population half the population Mm. as long as they get to about 50 Mm. will definitely go through Mm. and 7 out of 10 will Mm. probably experience some kind of Mm. symptoms. Yeah well, it's great to know that people are being taught about it now in medical school. It is, and it, it would be even
1: better if our um, current health system allowed for GPs to upskill up and have the knowledge and the training, but also have the support. They're really busy, obviously, managing many, many things. It would be great if uh, there were more places like menopause clinics, I think, who can offer the specialist support, which is, I was lucky to receive that from my local menopause clinic in Wellington. Mm. Uh, but we need to make sure that everyone has access to that care from the person who has the latest research, the latest knowledge and is aware of all the options available because it's mm. not just HRT on its own or or hormone therapy. It's, it's many, many things. Lifestyle changes, uh, self-care, sometimes medical interventions. Yeah, there are all kinds of things and I think everyone deserves to have access to what all those options are. Mm.
0: Mm. Uh, you've managed to get some quiz questions about menopause into pub quizzes <laughs> yes. I understand,
1: what sort of things? so I started actually with the Stuff Quiz Master There's a, I uh, submitted my I, I created a quiz basically for a community event that I hosted in Tai in Wellington where I live uh, a couple of years ago a community dinner yeah. and so I thought okay well how could we take that how could I take that further so uh, questions like um, what is the average age of menopause in New Zealand and the answer is 52 Okay. (laughs) Uh, What is the word for menopause in te reo Māori? I don't know. Wurohine tanga. Yeah, and Ruahine is a word uh, which I was really excited to learn Is not only the mountain range that I grew up with as the horizon to my childhood, Mm. it also means uh, the process of a woman getting older. Mm. It means a woman of importance uh, and a wise woman. So for me, learning about other cultures is only a good thing when Mm. the words and the stage of life... Seems so much more positive than the stopping of periods. Because there's certainly mm. a Ruhine street in, in Hittite, Yes, mm. yeah, which I had a very interesting conversation with in my car with my son and two of his friends recently about what that meant. Yeah, so. Uh, how did how did they respond? I don't know how
0: old your son is, yeah, but so, you know, yeah, young man so teenagers. Yeah, okay. so it
1: was actually a, a brilliant moment actually mm. to celebrate. So we were stopped outside the Mount Victoria Tunnel and uh, one of the boys in the back looked up and said does that mean two girls because Rua means oh, two yeah, and her yeah. means girl and I looked up saw the sign and of course knew what Rua and meant and my son said oh isn't that a mountain you know that's a mountain range uh-huh. and I said yep yeah, it is it also, and then I, of course I took the opportunity to say and it also means menopause and um, no one no one joked. No one laughed. Um, you know, no one kind of made any disrespectful remarks, which was brilliant. You know, three teenage boys in the car, uh, and the next minute, one of them in the back, obviously, was looking up the uh, online Māori mm-hmm. dictionary, uh, and said that it was something about women getting older. Uh, and the only joke made it. She was uh, one of the boys said, "Oh, um, you know, I bet." My son doesn't know much about that, yeah. and that was the only joke that was made, and of course, it was kind of a year right moment because of course <laughs> he lives with me, and he knows more about menopause than most people, I would say um, excellent. so yeah, there are the questions I've got about yeah ten to ten to twelve questions that uh, G quiz, which is a Wellington uh, pub trivia uh, quiz company, has started rolling out on World Menopause Day last week, and they will roll out. they started in two Wellington pubs last week and they'll roll out across the country and be seen you know by thousands of people over the next months Fantastic, yeah.
0: fantastic! It's always good to have those conversations in the cars because they can't absolutely. escape. Yeah, and at a pub quiz. Yeah, absolutely, good stuff. Yeah. Look, thank you so much. It's been lovely to meet you. Thanks for coming into the studio here in Wellington. That is Sarah Connor. Uh, she founded that grassroots movement, Menopause Over Martinis, and uh, also, of course, the pub quizzes. Also uh, on uh, these adverts that are going to be seen in shopping centres and on e-bikes around the country. Keep your eyes peeled for those ones.